Hey, Gen. Hey, hey, what up, Joe? Guess my dick size. Jump show, um, Jump. I'm. I'm. My name's uh, Gen. Hi. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I'm still put off by that intro. I'm not okay. I'm just gonna <laughs> run away forever. Oh, man, it'll be good. Uh, nothing will ever be good. It'll again. be all right. This is episode three. The is third it? one. Shit. The third one. The third one. In three D. Oh man. You can listen to this in three dimensions. Three <laughs> D audio. I mean, mm. technically, like. Dolby Digital is like 3D audio, right? Like the same thing. Because it surrounds you? Yeah, they do like a whole 3D audio thing. Dolby has like a whole... That's a thing. 3D audio is a real thing. We'll sure, look okay. into that. Okay. Uh, Does for right the Nintendo now, 3DS have 3D audio? No. Yeah, it has like no D audio. Yeah. Uh, okay. So today, we're going to go over our usual stuff. We each have a topic we're bringing. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, Halloween 3... Season of the Bitch. Yeah, we just finished watching that. Yeah, we like literally just watched it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit. It was it was something. Oh, I'll it sure was. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was really expecting, but it was something. Oh, it sure uh, was. It was a movie. <laughs> it, it, it did play on our screen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Rock Band because I'm stuck in a time warp where I, I just play games from five or six or seven or eight years ago. I guess so. It's literally all you've been doing. Please end my life. Yeah, I've been playing like a lot of it. I've been tryharding. I've been trying to five star every single song that I own on both guitar and bass. And I'm not very far into it realistically, but I feel like I've been playing it forever. Uh, that's probably because I have like 700 songs and it's going to take a while. Now, Rock Band's fun, so I don't mind. But Rock Band as a franchise is fucking weird and aggravates me. Not as much as Guitar Hero, which is kind of responsible for Rock Band also crashing and burning, as Guitar Hero did. Yeah. Just because there's just way too many music games and like that weird... I, I think it's literally 10 years ago at this point. I don't even know. Maybe not. Maybe like 2012, 2011. There was just like... 10 music games in a year or something crazy like that all rock band focused guitar hero focused i think it was just like the same year they just like came out with like guitar hero 4 guitar hero metallica guitar hero 5 uh guitar hero van halen and then like rock band lego and rock band 3 and green day rock band beatles rock band it was all like the span of two years it was just like way, way too much yeah was- way too much it got oversaturated, like, quick. And, and the weird thing about Rock Band is they introduced the, the DLC, which became its driving force, because it's such a huge upfront investment to expect people to not only buy a new controller, but, <coughs> like, three of them, because you got to buy that big old kit with the guitar and the drum and a mic if you don't have a mic. And then you gotta have friends too, and that's a hard investment. Oh yeah, I bought well, that. <laughs> I bought that shit too. I uh, was late to the party. Uh, my dad bought me the Beatles Rock Band bundle. It came with the uh, 
Hofner bass guitar controller and then uh, drums with Beatles crap on it and a mic and a mic stand, which was nice because that game had the big focus on vocal harmonies. So you'd want to have a mic stand so you could, you know, sing while you're playing an instrument. Right. Which is lit. And that, that's probably my favorite rock band game if we just look at it as one thing. It's the most well-made one, I think. Yeah, it's the most interesting one. It visually creative and just very representative of the band. It's the it's at the very least the best band-centric one of those that ever got made. Guitar Hero or, or Rock Band. Easily. And But Rock Band 3 is the one I've played the most. And that's mainly just because the DLC was just a way to just dump a shit ton of money into the game and buy all these songs that you would want to play and they would only be like two bucks so like yeah i bought a shit ton and i've transferred all of it to xbox one and i've played on rock band four but rock band four didn't have all the licenses renewed and it was also a nightmare to navigate because it was on an xbox one so that sucked you know unfortunately i didn't have playstation consoles i was using microsoft Oops, maybe my mistake there. I mean, at the time, Xbox 360 was the better console. It was it was the leading console as well, and the cheaper intro. So, like, yeah, at cheaper, I should say, like, choice. I think I got my 360 for 200 bucks, which is pretty good, considering uh, the, the, your your choices for consoles now are probably still like 300. Yeah, the th- the 360 the was like probably the better console until like 2012. Sure. Or 2011. And then, like, towards the end of the console generation is, like, when, like, the PS3 was finally worth it? Yeah. I just mean from a transfer state point. Like, it's just so hard to get all your songs back. Especially when just some of them just don't exist again. Like, Rock Band Network was a cool thing where just, like, anybody could upload songs as long as it got approved by harmonics and all those are gone. I had a lot of experience with rock band network. <clears throat> My uh, horrible <laughs> band I was in, in high school. Uh, Sexton. Yeah. We made a, uh, we did songs for RBN. And we also tested other people's songs for RBN. Oh, that's cool. Uh, one of the coolest things we did was uh, we tested uh, a bunch of uh, the band, the main drags songs. That's right. I forgot you guys did that. Yeah. And then as a thank you thing, they sent us uh, a t-shirt and both of their albums on CD and they're like, hey, thanks for thanks for helping us out. Here's a bunch of shit. That's pretty cool. It was awesome, especially at the time. I actually really loved the band. Yeah. So it was just like it was like Christmas. It's man. crazy to think back in the day, I a better forever actually got downloaded quite a bit because of uh, your drum chart. Yeah. Jusby was the drummer in the band and probably the most talented one. Keck. Damn. Uh, and tell him he, he pretty good drummer. Tell him, baby. I don't know. How tell he's, him. I don't know if he's drummed in like. Uh, a year or, se- or seven? Does Tycho count? No. Damn, no, that I haven't. No, no. <laughs> no, playing Hey Shala with your thumbs does not count as drumming, Justin. Damn it. <laughs> I thought I was getting it back. No, oh, well, you know, hey, you, you pro- it's probably like riding a bike, except it's playing a drum. It's, yeah, It's yeah. probably not the same. I mean, once you learn, like, basic rhythm stuff, it kind of sticks with you forever. Yeah. You just keep up on it. I mean, I play a lot of rhythm games. It actually kind of helps me not lose it. It probably helped you guys even just start a band at all. Oh, yeah. In the first place. I'm not sure what came first for you guys. For me, personally, I was drumming before. Okay. Uh, I, I was interested way long time ago. I, I started playing drums, I think, when I was like 11 or 12. 
cool. So, and I, I went through, I went try to do actual, like, lessons and all that stuff. I did that for a while. Uh, Josh, my, my twin brother, he was also in the band. Both my brothers were in this band. And immediately, that's a horrible idea. Uh, he <laughs> got into it a little later. Same with my older brother. And, like, they, rock band sort of influenced them to want to do music together. Like, I was already doing music. I was already I was already messing around with my drums all the time. I had my setup well, see, in my yeah, room. That's kind of the cool thing about rock band and why it's a shame that it kind of sucks now is that it inspired a lot of people to actually care about uh, like old rock songs. Yeah. And just like rock songs in general cuz like rock as a genre is kind of just like shit now. It's waning. I mean for the most part, there's still some you're you're your queens of the stone age and like Andrew WK just put out a hell of an album and like there's stuff there's certainly stuff there's indie rock and all kinds of shit that's good but obviously it's not what's popular right and it's kind of cool because it introduced a lot of people to stuff like that that they wouldn't have really cared about otherwise and and then it just there's just too much of it and then it sucked like, Rock Band 4 is not a bad game, but, like, it's not as good as Rock Band 3. Rock Band 3 admittedly has too much, too many options, like the pro guitar and the keyboard and all that shit that, like... Yeah, they went too far. They went too far, but Rock Band 4 has the opposite problem, because there was, like, nothing at launch, and then, unfortunately, they were like, hey, we're adding, like, a story mode thing, but it's, like, $30, asshole. And I was like, well, you already bought the game. For $60. No way. DLC issues in my day and age on my consoles? Yeah, I just wanted to think better of Harmonix, though, because I like them as a company, but <sighs> whatever. And, and it's just like, you know, it is what it is. Right. It's just not as good as it was. They're cho- they can't afford good DLC anymore. <laughs> uh, that just like I can't remember the last time I bought a song in Rock Band. I think it was like... Like, Royals by Lord, which admittedly is not fun to play. I like that song, but it's, it's not good for that game. Right. It's very boring. Uh, and they choose a lot of pop songs, probably because that's what is most available to them. Without, Pro- like, they had, like, MTV and shit back in the day helping them. That's how they even made a Beatles game. You know, they had big names attached to them. Now yeah, nobody listened to them. Well, yeah, now sucks. they did that almost entirely indie, didn't they? Rockman 4? Yes. It was that no one wanted it, really. It was entirely a passion project from them. So that's cool that they were able to make it at all, and I'm, I'm glad there's a next or current gen option for that game at all. But it's just a shame that nobody really care about it. The most I see of any music-based game anymore is like Clone Hero, like streams on Twitch. Which is admittedly fun. I, I love seeing people play like Neil Cicerega songs uh, on on, <laughs> on a guitar, and they they're just like reaction to like what they're playing because it's the first time they've heard it. That's fun shit. But yeah, I've been playing that a lot. It's some good nostalgia. Uh, I just bought a little game called Donut County or Country. I think it's County. It's County. Yeah. Shit. Uh, it's it's pretty good so far. I like it. It's very relaxing. You I like. St- I love the concept of the game. You, you're, you play as a whole, and you just 
just swallow shit. And then your hole get bigger. And that sounds gross, but it's good game, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you been playing, Gusby? I uh, just picked up uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate and Yakuza Kiwami 2. I, Yakuza has not touched my console yet. Haven't had the time. Sad. But last night I did put some time into Monster Hunter, which has been a lot of fun. I'm I've been a big Monster Hunter fan for years now, ever since uh, three came out on the 3DS. Is this a remake of three for the Switch? This, or? this isn't a remake. Uh, the ultimate versions of Monster Hunter games. Is it kind of like the ultimate versions of Street Fighter games? Because they just add shit. Yeah, they add a lot of content okay. though. It's not like. Not like here's like a couple characters or whatever. It's it it adds a multitude of quests, like a whole another like rank of quests. In normal Monster Hunter, you have your two basic ranks. You have your low rank stuff and your high rank stuff. And the, the lower the low rank stuff, uh, it's very like a little handholdy. It's there to get you used to how the game plays and everything like that. You go into high rank and then it throws you to the wolves, right? All the ultimate games, including this one adds what is called G-Rank into the game, which is the most extreme versions of all of, like, ev- like most extreme version of a hunt you can do in a game. Everything's everything's harder, uh, you have less to work with, and it's a lot of fun for the people who, like, hardcore into the game. Okay, why'd they choose the letter G? I'm not sure. It's always been that way. All right. Usually I think of, like, the hardest being, like, S or something. Like, like, like I don't know. Like, when you play Metal Gear Solid 5 and, like, you do really good on a mission, you get an S rank. Or, like, in Sonic Adventure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, there's not even, it doesn't even use the letters until then. It's a low, high, then G. Oh, what the fuck? Now yeah. I'm very confused. Okay, um, I ain't nothing but a G thing, I guess. No, yes, but, uh... I'm sad now. Thank you. <laughs> it's on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it, they released a little thing for people who were playing it on 3DS before, like me, and dumped a few hundred hours into it. You can like do a transfer. Yeah, you can transfer your, your data. So I was able to transfer my stuff from my 3DS over to Switch, not having to restart anything, keeping all my old stuff, and I was able to hop straight into G-Rank. That's really cool. Yeah, so I could just play the new content. I still had to pay $60 for the fucking game. Which you already had on 3DS. Yes. But, but I guess you get a lot of... Con- is it $60 worth of content, though? I think it definitely is for somebody who hasn't played it before. But maybe not for you. Maybe not as much for me. I, I, I still wanted to get it anyway because I have... I have I play with my brother a lot. Uh, we we spent a lot of time in Monster Hunter. It's one of our shared passions. Sure, sure. And uh, it's really fun. I love it. And I'm, Plus having that game, like upscaled on the switch is very nice it's weird to me that it exists because they just came out with one for ps4 yeah well this i know this is a handheld one but the switch is kind of a hybrid it's weird for me it's weird to me that just world just isn't on switch i mean i know it's i don't know if it would work no it can't run no it's too complicated Uh, but this game actually came out uh in japan before world came out oh okay so it was gonna come out anyway yeah this was out in japan more than a year ago now so dang we didn't even know if it was gonna be coming until this year and they just when they dropped that info i think like the nintendo direct before e3 okay they dropped info about us actually getting it until then we had no idea if we were gonna get it or not 
I'm you glad we it. did though, because it's a fun game. I they only put I only put a little bit into it, maybe like a couple hours or so. But and then you're gonna forget about it and play Yakuza. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it so much. God, I, I'm I feel bad that like I'm playing Rock Band instead of Yakuza. I'm an idiot. It it is a treasure. I need to play Yakuza Zero more. I, I feel like every time I play Yakuza Zero, I'm like, all right, let's get get ready for some good ass story, and then I just like, that's claw machine. That's poker. the game. Yeah, that's it. Go to the club and do a dance. You know, it's great, but man, I get so distracted with that shit in that game just because it's 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 fun, but it's dumb. And then like eventually I get bored of it, and then I forget, and then I play something else. I, I will get into it. I'm probably just going to just try and stick to the story and beat Zero. Because at this point, I got a lot of Yakuza to play. And I ain't even... I'm in Chapter 3 of Zero. Like, geez. Yeah, there's, I think, 16 chapters? Yeah, and there's also uh, five, uh, six other games I need to play. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I get to it. Yeah, no. Take your time. At least it's all out. You know, It's not like I'm leading up to anything. It's nope. all out. It's all out now. Except for the next Yakuza, which that'll, that'll happen at some point. It's going to be detached. Yeah, I've heard, because 6 is the last Kiryu game. Yeah. It's going to be largely detached from this mainline series. Okay. It's going to be more of like a spin-off-y thing. It'll be like The Walking Dead after Rick dies, lol. Man. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Yakuza team also announced today... Actually, that they're going to be revealing the new IP that they've been working on, which I'm very excited about. I'm very about. curious to see what that is. They already have a Fist of the North Star game coming out this year, which I'm into. I, oh, I don't absolutely. even know much about Fist of the North Star besides, like, memes. Oh, it's fucking But, like, it looks, it looks incredible. It looks more over the top than Yakuza, which is saying something, really. That is, that is stay true to the anime, which is insanely over the top. So, yeah. That is stay true. Looks great. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I'm going to play it for you, sure. Uh, you uh, watching anything or not really? Not really. I don't have time. Fuck, man. Watched a, uh, watched a couple crime documentaries while falling asleep the other night. Hardcore. They were... I already forget what they were about. Was it like some Discovery Channel shit? Like, yeah. It, your typical everything. I got stabbed 19 times. Here's how I live. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, there was one. Oh god, it was about. It was a no. It was a Dateline thing that I was watching. What the fuck are you doing watching this? I I just putting on something to fall asleep to. That's that shit's a, so boring. I I guess, but also it could be terrifying depending, and I wouldn't want to fall asleep to that. There was uh there was this one about these uh. Well, this this dude who got murdered, and uh. They were like popular amongst their town or whatever it was and uh they make this huge deal out of like revealing that i went uncovering evidence police found out that they were swingers whoa it was such a huge deal what a controversy oh spooky did you know that people have sex sometimes with like people that aren't like their wife and stuff well, how unchristian. Throw them in the pit. What a bunch of degenerates. Oh Throw them in God. the fucking pit. I'm clutching my pearls so fucking hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like this dude. And they're like, well, maybe he's a suspect. And then you're like, nah, it wasn't me. 
And then a bunch of other shit happened, and it turned out that this dude's daughter is the one who killed him. And, like, I don't uh, I don't even twist. remember how we got to that point, because I was falling in and out of sleep. Wow, you sure you sure know how to spin a yarn, just be. Oh, every, every day, man. <laughs> Well, keep watching those and tell me details about how to how to make a murderer season seven. Uh, <laughs> how to make the murderer season how to, seven. How to murder season one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. How to be a murderer. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, uh, fucking up and killing it, uh, I watched the first three episodes of uh, Disenchanted or Disenchantment. 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 Yeah. Why do I fucking mix up names? Is Disenchanted the title of another thing, probably? Uh, it's the title of a My Chemical Romance song. Sure, okay. Let's go with that. Nah, maybe it's also like uh, like one of those like like Once Upon a Time shows, but like not really. Probably. Yeah, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I was looking forward to this, and I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna watch the rest of it. I, you know, because I'm not an idiot. I'm not like, oh, you know, season one, I'm done. Like, cause sometimes the first season of something sucks ass, and it's still like half funny. I'm just very, it's very lackluster. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed by it. It's okay, but like we're talking about people who made like the best animated show of all time, Futurama. So that's setting the bar very, 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 very high. And as spotty as the first season of Futurama is, it's still like leaps and bounds above. Like, season, like, deep seasons of other good shows. It's just good. It's spottier than the rest of the series, sure. And you could probably say that about The Simpsons as well, but it's still, like, pretty pretty good. There's a reason why it became a phenomenon very early. But Disenchantment is kind of just, like, meh, the whole time. Like, half the jokes land and half of them don't. Uh, I don't know if I really like any of the characters. They're kind of just frustrating, and samey like your lead character is a strong independent female character but then because it's comedy show oh she's like a a drunk and rude so haha comedy and then like you have demon bender (laughs) voiced by eric andre instead of john dimaggio uh he's basically bender or something like it because he's like a complete asshole character and and then you got like uh, there's the elf elfo he might be my favorite character just because it's funny to see because he's just like completely oblivious to when bad shit's happening and completely oblivious to anything bad because he comes from a land where everyone is happy all the time and he hates it and he wants like things to be miserable for once which is great. It's a funny dynamic. But even he isn't enough to make me really invested. I think the best character actually might be the king, who is voiced by John DiMaggio, who was Bender. Which helps a lot, because he has a great voice. He's just funny just saying anything. Uh, and he's great just because he's a complete fucking utter asshole of a king that just doesn't care about anything except himself. And that's fun. That's a good place to mine comedy from. But I'll watch the rest of it. I'll see if it's any good. I've heard the the end of it is better than the beginning of it. So we'll see. I'm going to I'm going to watch it too just cuz I'm a giant Futurama fan. Yeah. I want to see how it turns out. 
I just gotta start it. I just gotta actually put in the work. I mean, it's only ten episodes. It's all on there. They're all, you know, they don't take advantage of it being on Netflix. It kind of just feels like it could be on Fox. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, I don't know. It felt like there could have been more. And also, the the way it's kind of like serialized instead of like every episode is distinct. It kind of still is that, but it's also serialized. Like you can't, you could just watch a random episode of Futurama. You can't really do that with this. You got to watch it in order. And that's kind of annoying because they just stop and go with the plot so often. And then, like, it doesn't really feel like things have real circumstances or weight to them. I know it's a fucking cartoon, but, like, still. It even felt like that in Futurama when shit's disconnected. Like, there's still, like, key relationships and surprisingly emotional episodes. Like, you know, the classic uh, Fry's Dog episode, Jesus Christ. You know. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. And I'm still watching Clone Wars too, but like slowly. Ah. But like really slowly, like so slowly, like I probably haven't even watched an episode since the last time we did a podcast. Well, good. No, not good. It's good. From that, it's okay. What other thing did you want to talk about today? Oh, the main topics. Your main topic. Oh what boy, is it? main topics. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh. The very, 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 uh, very shitty subject known as Comics Gate. All right, so I need you to lay this out for me because I have not. I'll do my best. Uh, All I know is that it exists. It's a thing, and I have no knowledge past that. Well, you know about Gamergate. Yes. And you know how that's kind of just like a, a shitty excuse to give you some moral high ground to be like an asshole to 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 women. Yeah. Uh, that's basically the same thing here, except it's even, like, less uh, obscured. It's just kind of just blatant. Uh, as far as I can tell, I mean, it's 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 been kind of going on for a while, but, but the key, like, start of just massive hate on Twitter was... This fucking Twitter post from Marvel creators, uh, it was a bunch of female Marvel staffers and writers. And they got together. Uh, they were celebrating uh, the life of, let's see, Flo Steinberg was her name. Was a big figure in the comics industry, at least at Marvel. And they were celebrating her passing. And they were getting milkshakes. And then they, like, just posed in a picture drinking their milkshakes and they were like it's the marvel milkshake crew and they were drinking milkshakes and uh for some reason this drew the ire of uh shitty people who were like look at all these fake gamer girl fucks that are ruining comics for us men at least that's what it sounded like uh and it just it just devolved from there this was in 2017 now, I, to give a little context as to why anyone would be mad, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of comics. I've been reading them for my whole life, and I, I will never stop. I definitely lean more towards DC right now. Just because Marvel doesn't do it for me as much. There's certainly good Marvel comics out there. Shoutouts to uh, Venom. Venom is excellent. 
Uh, also really like Moon Knight. Moon Knight good. Moon Knight always good. Moon Knight's the best. Moon Knight is Lord. Make a Moon Knight show, you fucking assholes. Do it already. Cancel Iron Fist. Make Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, please? <laughs> um, also, uh, I think it's indest- Indestructible Hulk, or it's maybe it's Unkillable Hulk. Whatever. He's He can't be killed. It's great. Immortal Hulk. That's a really good... It, it, it flips the concept of Hulk on its head. But I'm getting off track here. It's, uh, you know... Marvel just had this, like, weird... Around 2015 or so, they started introducing a lot of new characters, but also kind of just, like, shoving some of their key characters to the side a bit. Just to, like, focus on something different. Like, you had Captain America step down and get replaced by the Falcon being Captain America. So you had a black man being Captain America, which was like a pretty big deal. And then you had stuff like uh, characters like Riri Williams and the, the, you know, kind of replacing Iron Man for a bit. Uh, the totally awesome Hulk, who is a Asian, very different Hulk. Uh, lots of women, lots of minority characters. And I feel like that's a good thing. But it is kind of a, a slippery slope to, like, push characters that people love to the side to showcase these new ones. Because you kind of run the risk of alienating your audience that has a lot of history with these characters and respect for them. You know, if you just throw Spider-Man away and replace him with a new Spider-Man, you're going to get blowback. Just because people want to come read Spider-Man. And I get that. But there's a difference between being like, I don't really care about this and spewing hate about how women are ruining comics on Twitter. Yeah, it sounds like these people are degenerates just should be thrown in the pit. Yeah, probably. Throw everybody in the pit. Well, the guy that I would really like to throw in the pit, uh, he is, I forget his shitty real name, he runs a YouTube channel called Diversity in Comics, which uh, ironically is not really about diversity. Oh, God. Not really about diversity. It's about anti-diversity. But he doesn't really, you know, act like he's the wrong one. But he, of course, is. So he kind of spearheaded in the wake of this milkshake fucking picture. Jesus Christ, it's dumb to even think about the start of this. Uh, He spearheaded the Comicsgate movement, and eventually it just kind of resulted in them, like, posting, like, all right, here's a list of all these comic creators that we just, like, hate. And don't buy their shit, because they have an agenda to sell you garbage, and their content is shit. Just don't buy their shit. And then, like, in really small print (laughs) at the bottom, don't harass them. We're not endorsing that in really small print at the bottom. But, uh, of course, that's what people did. They're like, fuck you, and fuck you for ruining comics, you piece of shit. Driving people off Twitter. It's a fucking nightmare. So, as soon as you think it dies down, it never really died down, and it was kind of, like, annoying to me that, like, nobody really talked about it. It, it never blew up like Gamergate. Yeah, this is the, like I said, this is the first time I'm hearing about any of this. It started in 2017. Basically, maybe even longer than that, but the, the key, like, the milkshake thing spearheaded a lot of idiots about it. Uh, so recently, uh, somebody made a post about uh, Darwin Cook, who passed away a couple years ago. Darwin Cook's awesome. 
He wrote uh, DC The New Frontier, which is a classic. Uh, he wrote uh, Before Watchmen Minutemen and Before Watchmen Silk Spectre. He's also a very famous artist. He did the art for Minutemen. Uh, he worked on Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. I think he even animated the uh, intro to Batman Beyond. That's just like all him, I'm pretty sure. He's great. He's a legend. He's one of the greats. So someone posts like some garbage about how he... Here's a video showing why he would be uh, for Comicsgate and why he would be on our side. And then his wife shows up on Twitter and she's like, fuck you. You don't know what my fucking husband stood for. I know my fucking husband and he would have fucking been against all of you idiots. Actually, I think I have the tweet from her, which is incredible. Yeah, leave me on with that juice. Man, my fucking internet shit. Here Give we me go. the juice. Oh, I'm trying to. She's, uh, her name's Marsha Cook. And she's been getting a lot of hate after this shit, uh, which is a shame because she's kind of been just, a, just defending her husband, really. Yeah, she said, hi, guys, this is Darwin's wife, and I can guarantee he thought you comic-skate idiots were a bunch of crybaby losers ruining comics because you are. Which is, Get em. which is great. Get em. But of course, after yes. that, you have a bunch of people attacking her. And this garnered the attention, finally, of famous comic book writers and artists. Because they've been super fucking silent about this string of harassment for since 2017 at least they just have the very few people have said anything about it directly a few people have come out against it so finally that happens and you know that's kind of like attacking one of their own i get it and darwin cook was a legend and you're attacking his wife his widowed wife that's fucked up so i can kind of get why that was the straw that broke the camel's back so you had uh Tom Taylor, who I think wrote uh, some Injustice comics, which are pretty good, and uh, lots of shit. Some Marvel, DC, and Star Wars stuff. Uh, He tweets out, I believe comics are for everyone. There is no excuse for harassment. There is no place for homophobia, transphobia, racism, or misogyny in comics criticism. And that gets retweeted and just copy-pasted by, like, Pretty much every respectable writer and artist of comics that I can think of, except for Tom King. Uh, I love Tom King, but his statement was a little different, and I feel like it kind of misses the point a little bit. I kind of see what he's talking about. Tom King writes current Batman and Mr. Miracle. He's one of my favorite comic writers right now. He said comics aren't for everyone. Created by the children of immigrants, it is the medium of the outsider and the outcast, the nerd who won't fit in. We exist, we thrive, because we recognize and amplify the voices of those who must struggle mightily to be heard. We say, I'm here. And he posted a page from his Batman run that was uh, Batman all beat up and kind of rising above it because he's like, fuck it, I'm Batman. Which is a good page, admittedly. But... I feel like he kind of misses the mark a little bit there, and it feels too much like a gamer's rise up kind of tweet. A little bit, Uh, yeah. Because it's kind of like, the whole point is that they're saying that comics are for us, the white men, and they're being ruined by the other, 
And that's where the racism and the misogyny and the transphobia comes in. Whether they say that outright or not, that's that's what they're doing. So it's kind of weird to just be like, well, yeah, but comics aren't for everyone. Like, yeah, that's kind of true. Like, comics are a niche market. They are. Not everyone's going to like comics. That's been very apparent by how, like, Marvel's not selling great as far as comics go. They're struggling. But, and yet, Infinity War makes the most money ever of anything ever. Tastes are a little different. Not everybody likes reading comics, but the characters are very popular. So it does have a wide appeal. And it should appeal to a lot of people. It should appeal to as many people as, as you should. There's comics out there that are for you no matter who you are, I feel. Oh, 100%. I absolutely agree. You There's just so have much... to look for them. It's, it's, it's just a different medium of novelization. Yeah. It's just like it's, it, it's, just like it's a drawn stepchild. <laughs> I, I guess so. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the medium. I, I love comics. I just love the combination of using art to tell a story, but also using words. Uh, I respect the hell out of it. It's maybe my favorite medium. I don't know. It's either that or film. Those are the two highest things that I like as far as art can be considered and consumed. Uh, But this whole thing is a mess, and I hate it. Uh, Throw everyone in the pit. I agree. Uh, I gotta make a bigger pit. (laughs) Yeah, because... There's just too many people to Over put the in last, it. like, five years, I've just there's just been throwing too many people in the pit. It, it stems from Gamergate. It's a lot of the same people. They just jumped on the next bandwagon. And that comics against diverse... Comics... Diversity in comics guy. I couldn't even remember his shitty name. Is... He's kind of just spearheading it and being a complete and utter dick. He's trying to make his own, like comics i guess that i forget what they're called but they're like very cringy like you know hey uh, we'll bring back all the stuff that's getting removed from comics like big breasted heroines that are badass and white people and i'm like jesus christ dude white people are still in comics you're fine batman's the top seller every fucking month don't fucking at me idiot i feel like all right all you people out there who aren't listening but might be. You know who you are. <laughs> that are a supporter of Comic Gate. Do me a favor. Take take your happy ass and throw yourself in the fucking pit, you goddamn loser. <laughs> that you can't Man. There's gonna be so many people in the pit, Justin. I'll make the pit bigger. I you're gonna have to do something. You're going to have to at least clean the pit it's, out. And it's then the same concept it, as Donut know? County. Oh, my God. It's a metaphor. It is. Let's just throw everyone in the pit. Oh, my God. Yes. It's what I've always wanted. <laughs> the game's therapeutic because you're throwing people into the pit. Yeah, dude. Without any remorse. Fuck it. I had no remorse mm. any at any uh, time. See, anyway. I was Fuck always up. thinking of it like the Sparta pit where you just go, this is Sparta, and you kick people in it at high speed. Well, in slow motion. Slow speed, I should say. Slow speed. <laughs> kick people in at slow speed. In your Zack Snyder vision, where everything is a green screen. <laughs> and slightly off-color. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, man, 300 hasn't aged well. No. It's a very strange-looking movie now, because, like, you could tell. You could totally tell now. Ugh. 
I still like it just because it's over the top and interesting. But like, God, like, yeah, it like looks it looks like Kung Fury now. I swear, because like that movie's like that short. I should say it's gonna be a movie soon. But yeah, it looks like that. It's just completely artificial. Yeah. God. Okay, so we're gonna turn this around to something a lot. Oh, talk right about talking about some good internet shit instead yeah. of this terrible right. internet so the, shit. So the the terrible internet shit's over. Here's some good internet shit for burn you. Burn the good, burn the bad internet, replace with good internet. Pretty goddamn dope hip hop artist Danny Brown did something very very interesting. Uh, it'd be yesterday from when we're recording. It'd be a, it'd be another week removed once this goes up. Hey, you thought this news was fresh? It's old as shit. It'd be old as shit by the time you listen to it. <laughs> oh well. Uh. He went on Twitch, started streaming live. He was playing Persona 5 on his PS4, which was really cool. His commentary playing that game was absolutely hilarious. Uh, he's the, the, the man is a gem. It's absolutely wild, to be honest. Mm-hmm. This sentence you're saying should not be a sentence that's oh, real. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, and, it uh, should be, but I didn't, I didn't think in a million years it would be a real sentence. Yes, yeah, as say. you would have expected, the stream did blow up, and... Uh, just huge, and then at the end of the stream, he debuted some new songs. Yep, and it was awesome. Were the new songs good? I have not listened to the stream yet. Yes, awesome. I, like them I was a lot. expecting them to be good because it's Danny Brown, who is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I'm really excited for his new shit when it drops. Atrocity exhibition is a fucking twelve out of ten. Yeah, 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 yeah or yeah. something like that. You know, it's a high number. It's really good. Everything he, I, I've loved most of his work, uh, but he did something. That he did a, a sort of like a big old crossover that we haven't really seen that much of. People in music have been streaming before. You saw like Post Malone did a lot of streaming yeah, stuff earlier in the year, but he didn't like, do like it when, as... Like uh, when Drake went on Fortnite with uh, Ninja yeah, stuff like that. But neither of those times did they go in specifically to promote their music, and I think this is what Danny Brown did. Yeah. And my God, is it smart. And what I believe will probably... Not now... But down the road will probably be part of the future of self-promotion in music. Is going into these other avenues and making yourself known in yeah. everywhere you possibly can. Use Especially all the when it resources comes to music. at hand, you know? Yeah. Especially when it comes to music because music is such a universal medium that everybody who listens to music has other hobbies too. Their only hobby isn't music. Sure. So... All these Danny Brown fans, you got a shit ton of them that love video games too. So Danny Brown goes on Twitch, tweets out, hey, I'm broadcasting on Twitch playing Persona 5. And everybody that loves Danny Brown, also likes video games, jumps on this stream. Sure. And it's a great idea. Yeah. Because it's, it's a wild thing to hear yeah. about. Like, D- Danny Brown's playing Persona and you go and watch that. Absolutely. I was mad that I missed it because I was like, "That's that's weird." I need to bear witness to this. Yeah, I missed the stream as it was going on. I Are just the watched VODs the highlights. Still up? Yeah, there's highlights all over the internet. All right, good. I gotta watch that shit. Uh, there, there's some fucking you're, you're gonna die. There's some hilarious shit. I'm sure he's funny because he's funny. Oh yeah, he's he's such a weird like hilarious dude. He's dark. Yeah. But you know he's funny. Like, he's very nice like outside of his music. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. It's weird. But like, All right. he's very, very nice. Well, I'm curious. I, I don't know how much of it's an act and how much of it's not. Atrocity Exhibition feels like a, a kind of scarily 
a scary portrayal of a man. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and like, it could be him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, well drugs are fucked, man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he definitely seems like he does a lot of them. Ah, uh, well, hopefully he just does more Persona 5 in the future instead of drugs. Yeah, but in, in a world where, uh... In a world. Well, at least in a music world where it's the it's getting harder and harder to get noticed, especially as an up-and-coming... And where labels are more and more desperate, trying to fuck you, worse than ever before because they they're desperate for a buck. You're it's good to see that artists are coming up with other avenues to get themselves out there. And you know, Danny Brown has already he's already been in the spotlight. He's he's famous as hell by now, and his music does incredibly well. But this was a really really interesting way to get eyes back on him before his new music drops. And I think it sets a precedent. He's really smart. Yeah, he's he's genius. That's a genius way to do things. I hope like more said, people do it, it now. I hope more people copycat. I think it will set a precedent because I, I guarantee you his album sales are gonna are gonna increase because of this. Yo, MC Ride, can you stream some some Zelda randomizers? You know you want to do it. Do I want it. I want uh, MC Ride and Zach Hill to fucking just play each other in Street Fighter on stream. <laughs> I don't know. They 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 are you know while we're talking about promoting yourself, they're kind of on top of that shit. Death grips. Oh no, they absolutely are. Yeah, they're they, doing they it in a different they way. They don't Twitch stream, but yeah, they like you know the whole death grips is online. Hashtag oh god, was amazing. They were just retweeting like every image ever. Just yeah. weird shit. Yeah, that's kind of what as I'm long talking as about. Use the hashtag. Yeah, it's another thing like. All these interesting ways to get yourself out there. It's like, this is the future. You gotta do something interesting that people will talk about. Yeah, this is the future of music PR. You can't always be like, hey, my album's out on the 5th, and then, like, it's on CD. Like, that ain't gonna work all the time. You gotta do something crazy. No, you, you, you have to put in work to get yourself known now. You have to yeah. stretch into other avenues. And it, 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 this definitely... If the Death Grips shit didn't prove that, with their weird-ass thing, like, like real-life shit that they did... Then this Twitch shit with Danny Brown definitely did. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome. It's a much healthier way to promote your album than like the Kanye West method as well. I'll say. Oh yeah, going on TMZ and being a fucking douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just saying like crazy fucking shit because you know people will talk about it. I love Kanye, but goddamn is he canceled? Ouch. <sighs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I agree. I but it. also, Kids See Ghost album of the year. I'm sorry. But yeah, what? it is. Also, Kanye's canceled. Kanye cannot be canceled. Only Kanye can cancel Kanye. Speaking of being canceled, Halloween is an anthology series. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being canceled, they they should have uh, canceled that ad campaign for Halloween three where they didn't tell anybody. <laughs> the night no one comes home. Yeah, so that was the weirdest part. Okay, so I, I guess just to explain a little bit. We're transitioning into the Halloween portion of our yeah, yes we are I, I did that now. I couldn't I couldn't resist the opportunity that's fair that's fine um so obviously the original intent I don't even know if it was the original intent because Halloween was a, a very budgeted movie and and a very like almost just like indie production so I don't know if they had intentions to make a sequel up front obviously they made Halloween two which we talked about last week. That's mainly because Halloween 1 was so popular. But they decided that if the series was going to continue, it should be an anthology series. And every future installment 
is just a completely different thing. It takes place on Halloween and it's a horror movie, and that's the only similarity. There's no Michael Myers. There's no Laurie Strode. There's no... There's none of that. Here's the problem with that. If you do that with Halloween 2, I think audiences are more willing to forgive it. But instead, they did Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, both Michael Myers-focused. And then they did Halloween 3. It was, And then they had the fucking balls to have the ad campaign not tell anybody that it's different. They even used, like, a similar tagline because the tagline for Halloween is the night he came home. Halloween 2, more from the night he came home. Yeah. And then 3 is the night no one came home, which makes it sound like it's related. It is not in any way, except for the fact that the movie is in the movie played on a TV. Halloween 1 is. Which is kind of neat, because it <laughs> they even use it to use the score from Halloween 1 as dramatic effect, which is smart. John Carpenter does the score for this one again, too. It is good. As far as the uh, the personnel involved, it's, it is the same-ish. John Carpenter comes back to do the score and produce with his writing partner, Deborah Hill, who helped do Halloween 1 and 2. Uh, I remember, I finally listened to the first podcast, and uh, yeah, we didn't name her. Oops. She was pretty instrumental in the writing of Halloween 1 and 2. Uh, this movie is weird as fuck. Oh, yeah, it uh, is. It's so fucking I strange. Really, I didn't really... We watched the trailer for it last week when we watched Halloween 2. I, we keep doing that because it's funny. I like seeing the trailer for the movie we watch next. We watched Halloween 4's trailer. I'm already sad. Yeah. The, the fun stuff's over. Next week's going to be fun in a different way. <laughs> fun in a schlock way i at least i hope so um this this how do you even describe this movie it's it's not really like any horror movie i've seen it's very 80s i'll give it that oh it is it is 100 percent the 80s (laughs) uh the best way to describe it is it's a uh it's it is the most anti-corporate horror movie <laughs> ever made. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Uh, I'd say, I'm going to say, if you have not seen it, give it a watch. It's very good. There's no Michael Myers, but that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. It, it's kind of a whack movie, and there's things I really don't like about it, but it's, it's a cult hit now, and I can kind of see why, because it has very unique ideas, and it's unique for a horror film. Uh, it's a fun watch. I would recommend watching it. What's fun about it is it's a very different, unique horror film in a time when it came out in a time that like that that genre was budding still very much. Yeah, like that the very that very type of horror movie, and yeah. uh, so people weren't itching for new concepts yet. But then you jump, you know, twenty years later when everything's the fucking same in the horror genre when something's a little different people jump at that shit like you know yeah you look at it more fondly yeah it, it stood out being a huge hit is because it was like an 80s throwback movie yeah absolutely and people appeal that appeals to people when all the horror movies are shit when everything's like the purge and the the, the boy in the walls <laughs> the boy <laughs> 
Uh, I, I'm just going to say we're probably going to get into spoilers. That's why I wanted to say that I would yeah. I recommend Halloween 3. Spoilers for the first two Halloweens. You should know that Michael Myers kills people like Bucket. This movie, not a lot of people know about it. So, you know, before we just dive right into the fucking crazy bat shit that happens in this movie, I'd just like to say watch it. And then stop listening to the podcast, I guess, because we're going to talk about all the crazy shit that happens. Yeah, definitely watch it if you haven't. I think it's important. Sure. Uh, it's inspired a lot of people, I know that. Uh, the screenwriter of The Guest and You're Next loves this movie. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And you can tell, because he's very 80s horror-influenced. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into it. Okay, um, so this movie is about uh, Mr. Burns, who his... <laughs> Mr. Burns is a witch! <laughs> Mr. Burns is an ancient warlock, man. And he... He's I call a witch! Him, I call him Mr. Burns because he clearly is just corporate evil man, which is Mr. Burns. I don't remember his... His name was Cochran or something. Yeah, it's Cochran. You're right. So Cochran. He's here. definitely a cock. Cochran. Uh, yeah. So basically, like, his major plan is kind of convoluted to talk about, but it, it's unfolded in a way that it's like a natural progression. But his plan is... He, ha he, he, he likes the, the old Halloween where you fucking slit a kid's throat to sacrifice him to Baal or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know? I just prefer it this way, guys. <laughs> this is how I want to celebrate Halloween, and if you guys don't like that, you're just gonna you're just gonna have to accept it, because that's who I am. Okay? <laughs> so he likes the the more ritual sacrifice, like Sam Hain, you know, to connect it to uh, last week's Halloween too, I guess. Uh so his plan is to do a mass killing ritual of some sort. Uh, it's not really, it's very mystical and not explained very well, but it doesn't need to be. He has Stonehenge in his basement, uh, of his factory. <laughs> he, has, he has Stonehenge in the basement of his factory There's filled with, a single piece uh, of Stonehenge. Yeah, but, like, that's enough. And he's just scraping bits of it off. He, now, okay, he's not doing it by himself, because he has an army of robots, carry on so he has a he has an army of robots scraping off little chunks of stonehenge and they put them on this little disc that says silver shamrock because that's the name of the factory he works at right because he lives in this like weird irish town in california i didn't really understand that but whatever it's bumfuck <laughs> bumfuck ireland yeah. california basically <laughs> so his plan is we're gonna put the little bits of stonehenge into these chips and then we're going to put these chips into these halloween masks and then we're going to have a massive marketing campaign to get these fucking kids to buy these fucking halloween masks and then wear them on halloween and then we're going to have this fucking seizure inducing broadcast and it's like tune in to see the giveaway they, they show this shit constantly throughout the movie the commercials for the silver shamrock halloween giveaway on the song. Oh, happy, God. happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween. Uh, I, I'm. You this know. movie's a fucking meme, fucking <laughs> meme, fucking meme. This movie's a fucking meme. It's gonna be in my head for weeks, but uh, I'm gonna view that as a positive, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, yes, Papa has been in my head for about 
a week. So at least <laughs> that'll move away for a minute, and I'll just have Happy Happy Halloween in my head instead. Thank God. Yeah. Was that song designed by John Carpenter? I'd imagine. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think so. It, it only makes sense. The soundtrack besides that song. Well, that song is effective because it is, like, eerie. And oh, it does exactly repetitive. what it's supposed to convey. Yeah. But, but the actual soundtrack is very good. He, he, the man can make a fucking score. I'm fucking hyped for 2018 Halloween just because of that, really, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Because the fucking... It kind of leaked, and I'm sorry. I listened to it, Mr. Carpenter. I listened to it early, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> but uh, the new Halloween score is dope. Oh, it, the whole thing leaked? No, just the main score. Oh, He okay. did the whole soundtrack, so there's other songs. But, like, the Halloween theme is back, and it sounds gorgeous because it has like a fucking drop to like a more orchestral version of it that's very modern and great it, it's very oh, tastefully shit. done i like it a lot but anyway so so this evil fucking corporate cuck is uh his plan is to like so you get the chip into these masks the kids wear the mask and then when he plays the thing on the tv on halloween night it induces the magical powers of the Stonehenge bit that he put in the chip that he put in the mask. And what that does is fucking banana nuts because it <laughs> kind of just makes, like, bugs eat your face. Like, and bugs just appear, like, from the mask. Just from, like, Stonehenge magic, what I guess. I, from what I can gather, with the, mov- the movie's intentionally very ambiguous with its mysticism. yeah. Which because is fine. It doesn't. It doesn't need you to know, really. No, that's kind of what made it unsettling, especially like the scene where like the guy, like the guy has the main character who we haven't even talked about yet, but we will. Uh, a corporate man has <laughs> the main character, and he's like, "Here, I will show you an example of this working." And it, and it fucking like, it's such an unsettling scene because just like an ungodly amount of shit comes out of that mask snakes and like locusts and crickets and spiders and shit and it melts this little kid's face yeah it's pretty fucking violent i don't even think a little kid has died in any of these yet and and then michael myers was in the last two so that's kind of crazy this dude's worse than michael myers well it's for now i mean he did try to kill like basically every kid not every kid some of them gotta be like this fucking shit's too corporate and gay so they didn't they didn't get into that shit the cool kids at school i'm going to fucking Halloween. the cool kids at school in the 80s who were talking about stomping the bourgeoisie let's be real here what fucking kid wants to be boring and just wear a pumpkin or skeleton or witch mask on halloween like come on be a fucking trooper yeah shit when i was a kid i was fucking ocarina of time kid link it was fucking 1983 you tell me they didn't go to their local toys r us and buy the yoda costume at their local Toys R Us. Oh, Rest man. in peace. I, I saw an ad for a, a, an old Toys R Us ad with the Yoda costume. That's why I'm referencing it. But oh, like, okay. He's blue. The Yoda's not blue. Uh, it's a blue costume, and it's just like a shitty Yoda mask, and then a shirt that like says Yoda on it, and has a picture of Yoda on it, just so you know what the fuck it is, and it's funny. It's so... What the hell? It's so bad. Uh, they, they didn't even try. So they're more into that. Kids are buying the Yoda costume. Let me tell you what. This, nobody gives a fuck about this silver shamrock man. But in the but in the movie they do. <laughs> I'm just saying realistically. Uh, in the movie, you know, he's got the whole town under his thumb and because they're all his robots, basically. Uh, which isn't really explained. It doesn't have to be. But 
you know, his plan is just to kill all the kids in the world, I guess. Or as many of them as he can. Just because he's like, ah, it's funny, whatever. He thinks this is a good, it's a good prank. It's a good prank to pull. I don't fucking know. And the way we even get to this storyline is our main character is, uh, why are your computer dinging, bitch? I don't know. Fuck. What's wrong with you, huh? You ruined the podcast, Jusby's computer. What's wrong with you, huh? Oh, wait, they're here. It's gonna start playing the fucking theme. Happy, happy Halloween. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> start running. I shouldn't have put on this Halloween mask. Shit. Our main character is Mustache Man, and I say that because I don't know his name. I forget. Dr. Mustache Man. Dr. Mustache Man is a Dr. Mustache Man, and he, um, so someone come into his hospital, and he all like, we all gonna die, shit, and he's like, that's fucking stupid and weird, whatever, and he just doesn't pay any attention to him after that point. Uh, so then, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses come, and... And this Jehovah's Witness breaks into the hospital and like, fucking kills this guy by just, like, pressing into his eyes really hard and breaking his shit. At this point, we don't know that he's a robot controlled by Cochrane. But uh, that threw me for a loop, actually, that reveal, because I kind of just assumed that they were mystical, mystically enhanced, like, cult members. Oh, yeah, it especially makes you think that. You go into the movie and the, the fucking name of the movie is Season of the Witch. Sure. And you're I, like... I was expecting it to be... A, it is very mystical, but there's a lot of, like, technology in this movie. Yeah. He's going about it in a very modern way. He has a lot of tech in his uh, magical factory of hell. Uh, so Mustache Man meets uh, the daughter of the now dead man, because this, this Jehovah's Witness man kills the guy who, I guess, found out about it, uh, and then burns himself alive. In his car, and then obviously they don't find any living tissue, so they're like, that's weird. Uh, we later find out that's because it's a robot man, right? But, uh, so he teams up with, uh, the daughter to go to this town and find out what the fuck happened. And then they, uh, they run into this kooky scenario. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, I didn't really sense any chemistry between these two people, but they instantly fuck. Now, all right. To get into spoilers, the end of the movie features her, like, he saves her because she gets kidnapped and is and held hostage by the robots and Cochrane. And he saves her, and they get all the way away, and then she attacks him, and she's a robot. Is she a robot the whole time? No. Okay. What I, what I gathered from it is because you notice the entire time from when he rescues her, she when doesn't they leave, say a damn she, word. She doesn't say a word. Yeah, it seemed different. Yeah, I would say that she's already dead and she's a robot. But that's weird because then, like, why did they, like, have her locked up? Did they turn her into a robot, maybe? Like, I don't know. taken her tissue and used it? They, they were, it was clear that his intention was to use it as, like, bait. Sure, but it didn't work. Because, uh... Well, Mustache Man ends up kind of half-foiling his plan through very convenient means. So he, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It was very just out of nowhere. Because the whole time I was wondering, I was like, how is he going to stop this from happening? Because it's like really close to like the airtime of the thing. And there's like fucking 50 robots in this factory that are like, he's fought one before. And they're clearly like stronger than him. And it's not like he has any weapons or anything. So, how the fuck does he stop this from happening? Well, I'll tell you what. He gets a box, 
And this box has a bunch of the Silver Shamrock Stonehenge chips in it. And as we saw earlier in the film, you can kind of activate the effects of the Silver Shamrock chip without the broadcast happening. Because there's a woman that finds one and she like kind of like peels away at the computer chip looking thing on the back of this Silver Shamrock chip. And then a fucking laser goes into her mouth and then fucking bugs happen and she's dead. Uh, which they, which Cochran refers to as a misfire. So I guess going off of that knowledge, our protagonist just dumps a giant box of these chips down onto all the robots working at computers and Cochran, and they just kind of explode and kill all of them after he turns on the broadcast stealthily. The, uh, Mustache Man is a, a, as fucking expert stealth. Yeah, I guess so. Like, he's a real that solid last part. snake. He's not, like right in front of them. He's really sneaking by all these robots who I would I would assume are shit because they don't have any enhanced you know sensory abilities. They ain't yeah, able to kinda, find that guy at all. Yeah, uh, Cockering Co- kind of mentions that earlier. Yeah, he like like yeah they they're a little stupid but they loyal. He's, he's DJ Cat. You smart. You smart. You so loyal, robot. You would, matter of fact, you would genius. <laughs> well, I thought they were, like, very advanced because, like, one of them sneezes and, and they, like, talk and stuff. But they're very robotic, of course. But anyway, so it, it's kind of convoluted that Mustache Man's plan works and he's actually able to destroy all of the robots who are affected by this for some reason they're not humans so yeah. why would the chips do anything well if you notice it doesn't turn them it doesn't do like the crazy weird beamy bug shit to them well it, it kind of does like all the monitors are in a circle kind of like stonehenge and then it does like a circle around it and laser and then like the stonehenge itself beams a laser into it it's kind of weird it didn't really make a whole lot of sense that doesn't really matter, because, like, I assumed that, I don't know, I assumed he was just trying to kill Cochrane with it, which ends up happening. None of the bug stuff happens, though. It like it, It's more like Stonehenge beams him completely, which is weird. I, I don't really know. It's really weird. It's something you kind of have to think about. Once again, it's intentionally ambiguous. Yes. Uh... Like, when it happened to him, he was smiling. Cochran? Yeah, did he, like, uh, no, did he I already think... think... that's just because of his character is great. I, he's yeah, probably no, the he's best excellent. part of the movie. Because he's so gleeful in telling his entire plan to the guy. He's like a fucking James Bond villain. Or maybe even more realistically, a Pink Panther villain, because it's almost like a parody. Uh, he's great, though, because he just he outlines his whole plan to this guy, and he's like, you fucking idiot, here's my whole plan. I don't give a shit. Because you're fucked. I'm going to put a mask on you and make you watch uh, Halloween 1. It's a classic film. It's the last thing you're ever going to see. Because after that, bugs eat your fucking brain from the inside out. Uh, Anyway, later, dude. Happy Halloween. Uh, And he's just like a joyful, like, fun dude the whole way through the movie. Even when he realizes he's fucked and he's about to die, he fucking gives a little... (laughs) to our protagonist. He's like, good job, dude. You fucking fucked me. That's hilarious. And he claps, and then he dies. And he has a smile on his face when he dies. That dude's awesome. Cockring's fucked up, dude. He's great. 
I mean, I, I, if we look past all the child murder, he's just pretty solid dude. I hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I got no kids for him to kill. If the girl was a robot, why didn't she stop Mustache Man from fucking up Stonehenge and all the everything? Probably programmed to be a last ditch. Okay, so like she acts like girl until he leave. Yeah, I guess. So then we get to the ending of the movie, which which is ambiguous, uh, and, and also very weird, and kind of nonsensical in a couple ways because. Just because he destroyed the factory, I guess, doesn't mean that the broadcast is going to stop. The masks are already shipped. Kids all around the world already have these masks. They, they show us this. They show us, like, a montage of locations where kids are excited and they got the masks. It's, it's all around the fucking... Well, United States, at least. And I guess it, he didn't stop the broadcast by blowing up that shit. I don't know where the broadcast is coming from. I guess he already delivered that tape. Whatever. And the masks are already have the fucking Stonehenge magic shit in it. So he fucking finds uh, this little gas station that was at the beginning of the movie when uh, the first dead guy uh, was running away from Jehovah's Witness robots. And uh, he's like, I need your phone. Ah! And he, uh, he calls up, I guess, the TV station? Yeah. Yeah, it's the TV station. And he's like, you can't show this. You gotta believe me, it's gonna fucking kill all these kids. And, you know, I, if I was the TV station, I wouldn't believe this individual, and I wouldn't turn off the broadcast. But, I don't know. Maybe there's, like, a, you, you could potentially look at it as, like, a bomb threat kind of thing. Or something. So it's just, like, maybe we'll just turn it off just in case. Because, like, what the fuck's the worst that could happen? But, so, I guess it works... Because he says this, and he's all like, you gotta turn it off, you gotta turn it off. And it's like, it's like, boom, loss of signal. Because th there's a TV in the gas station, and some kids come in the gas station, and they're watching it with their masks on. And then, like, one of the channels has it on, and it goes, boom, lack of signal. And they change the channel. And it also has the broadcast on. And then it goes, boom, lack of signal. And then they change the channel a third time to a third channel. And it also has the broadcast on, but it's not going off. And he's like, no. Though the third channel's still on, you gotta you gotta turn off the third channel. Come on, you gotta do it now, and it starts doing the starts doing the strobe light flash that indicates that the ritual's about to begin and the bugs and the Stonehenge magic are about to happen, and then the movie ends, which is great because it's a good you don't know what the fuck happens cliffhanger, and those are always great for horror movies. But I think just like the circumstances of he called the television station and they listened to him. We're a little too wild for me to believe. <laughs> That's just kind of stupid. Yeah. I also kind of just assumed that the broadcast didn't matter because he blew up all the shit at Stonehenge that I thought was making the broadcast happen, or at least be Stonehenge no. evil. No, all the monitors and stuff were still working. The only things that those chips that he poured on all those guys fucked up was the robots. Well, then Mustache Man sucks because he should have stuck around and broke all them fucking monitors. Oh, absolutely he should have. He fucked up. Also, he got his own kids killed, probably. Oops. Let's turn way back back here. But, uh... Sure, sure. For the most part, I think they kind of blew it. But it, they're, the whole, like, quote relationship thing between their 
protagonists could have just been them trying to fuck and would have worked out just fine. But it like kind of turned into like a slightly romantic thing and it was weird. Uh, I, I never bought it as romantic because our lead doesn't buy it as romantic. He's just viewing it as like a fuck. Yeah. Because he's he's calling the nurse back in his hometown the whole time and he's flirting with her. Like he clearly doesn't love this girl. No. He just views her as like, hey, hot young girl for me to fuck. And she's willing to fuck him. She's into it for some reason, even though I didn't sense any chemistry between this young girl and mustache man. Uh, I didn't really buy that aspect of the movie. I thought it kind of came out of nowhere. I, I literally said out loud, like, oh, you're doing this movie? Really? Like, when it happened, I was kind of just, like, taken aback by it. I shouldn't have been. I should have, you know, it's an 80s movie. It's an older movie. That's kind of how shit happens. They always force a romantic plot in a lot of movies. Whether it makes sense or not, your lead's going to have some kind of romantic subplot with your other female lead. I get it. But it just did I didn't sense any real connection between those two. They just fucking met. She was just like, hey, my dad's dead. Also, her dad just died, so it's kind of weird that she just doesn't give a fuck about that, the whole movie. No, she does. She does, but she's also kind of like... The reason why they're there. Yeah, because she's investigating her dead dad, but then she also shows, like, no real emotion about it the whole movie. Because she a robot the whole time? Uh, I don't know. Ta-da! I guess it's possible. I guess it's ambiguous, and a lot of this movie is, intentionally so. Uh... A lot of it is saved by just how kooky some of the scenes are. A lot of the kills. Uh, early on, there's uh, this homeless man who's talking shit in the town. And there's, like, cameras everywhere. And he's all like, you know, fuck Cochran. Ah, he brings in all his own workers. He doesn't hire me. I'm fucking down on my luck, homeless man. Fuck you. You suck, Cochran. And he's, like, yelling at the cameras. <laughs> and then, of course, they he sends his Jehovah's Witness robots after him. And he's like, oh, God, I didn't mean it. And they fucking decapitate him. And it's gnarly as shit. This movie got some good fucking gnarly kills in it. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the one they do with the with forensics lady. Yeah, she just gets drilled in the fucking face. Yeah, like, Jesus they Christ. Don't, they don't show it, but they don't have to fucking show it. You, you, you know exactly what happened. You know her face got drilled to the floor, and that's fucking dope. Maybe that's a poor choice of words, but, but you know <laughs> what I mean. It, it was fucking... Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was effective. Uh, but overall, I just think it was it was a mixed bag of a movie. I can kind of... It's very inventive, though. And I can kind of see why it's a cult hit. But at the same time, like, it doesn't hold a dull fucking candle to the first two Halloween movies. Oh, no, absolutely doesn't at all. There's... And and it, and it really shouldn't, anyway, because they're very different. But even if we're just looking at all of these as separate horror movie experiences, it, it's still not as good as one and two. No, 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 no. Not at all. Because it is its own thing. It's not a fucking Halloween Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. But it's not a Halloween Halloween movie. It's its own thing. It's own separate little corner. It's own universe. If you're keeping up with the timeline, kids, this is an isolated universe. <laughs> Pay no attention to this one. Doesn't fucking matter. 
Now pay attention to it. It's the third best Halloween movie. So far, yeah. We'll see if that keeps up. It will remain the third best Halloween movie. Likely. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Like, right now, my, my ranking of these movies is just one, two, three. There's no fucking... It, way it would you're be not any gonna different. see too much nuance going the whole way through i think the bottom might be varied we'll see because you know if i had to guess six if i had to guess like stuff like six stuff like uh halloween resurrection might Starting be the bottom, the bottom it probably goes six resurrection five four i mean you don't know because you haven't seen them we're about to watch halloween four and it looks like it looks like something i haven't personally watched them but i know about them yeah I know a lot about them. I don't like the plot that I've heard. Uh, I don't like the ideas that are brought up about Michael Myers that I've heard of. Uh, Halloween 4 is next week. Uh, Dr. Loomis is back. Michael Myers is back. They both burned the fuck alive, but they're back. Uh, Michael is somewhat plausible to live past that. I guess. Lewis just has, like, a fucking scar on yeah, his head. Yeah, Lewis just has a... He was fucking blew up, dude. <laughs> they just stitched his ass together. He's it fucked. just nicked me. <laughs> it was just a flesh wound. I'm fine, dude. Uh, now, they might go into this, but I'm pretty sure the canon of these next couple Halloween movies are uh, after Halloween 2, and then this is a trilogy that kind of stands on its own. 4, 5, and 6. Return Revenge Curse. Uh... <laughs> they get into the generic sequel name territory pretty early in Halloween. Return of Michael Myers, Revenge of Michael Myers, Curse of Michael Myers. Ugh. Uh, this is its own kind of trilogy, and Lori is dead at the beginning, and I think it focuses more on her daughter. Yeah, it's like about her daughter. Yeah, which will later be retconned, and none of these movies happen. With H2O, which has Lori still alive. Uh... I don't know why they went that route with Lori being dead. Because Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't know. Halloween made her a famous person. And Halloween 2 made her a more famous person. You'd think they'd want to keep having a famous person in these movies. Maybe right. she said no. Uh, I wouldn't she's blame her. She's the beginning, isn't she? I don't think she is. I think it just says she's dead in an off-camera scene. Oh, great. Uh, you know, because that's, that's how you want to do it. I mean, I I'm don't know. so glad. We later see that she was willing to come back to the franchise in H2O. And Halloween Resurrection, which is a far worse movie from what I've heard. And she's willing to come back to it again in H4O. <laughs> I mean, Halloween 2018. Whatever. I guess it is kind of H4O. It's like Halloween 40 years later, as opposed to 20 years later. Weird, weird to think it might have been. It might be 20 years since Halloween H2O. That's wild. I think it might be. No. That's like a 90s movie. Is it a 90s movie? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> well, it's in the it's in the box over there of Halloween movies. Gotta get the audio experience of, of opening up the box. Oh, God, Jusby. What's in the box? Gotta hear that crack. Ready? Oh. <laughs> Ow, my spleen. <laughs> Halloween H2O came out in 1998. Yeah, so that's like 20 years. Because it's 2018, my boo. Damn. That's crazy. It's 20 years. H4O, my H4O, guy. H4O, baby. H4O. Twice the water. <laughs> I'm standing up now. Oh, all right. Are you okay, my guy? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Just about to wrap up. I feel like I'm going to get killed. 
I'm gonna beat you with this mic stand. <laughs> Fuck, Jusby's a robot the whole time. Dunna. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm having fun watching these, and that's about to stop. We'll uh, you know. Oh, I guess one last thing that's funny that I'll bring up. Uh, the director and writer of this movie is named Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, he went on. This is his first movie. It's pretty good out the gate. I did a good job for his movie. It's pretty well directed. I really liked the the scene where uh, Cockring is d- describing his plan. It's like one shot, and it's really cool because that's a lot of shit for that guy to do. That's impressive for that guy to have the acting chops to like talk about one thing, walk over here, talk about another thing. But like, it's just kind of well shot. I like long shots. One of the reasons that was good in Halloween, yeah. Halloween is the series excels at like long shots. Uh, I don't know about it as a series, but at least these first three, because it'll probably stop being shot well. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe maybe the Rob Zombie ones, which are artsy fartsy in a bad way, we'll see. Uh, so he went on to <laughs> make a little uh, TV miniseries known as it he did that oh shit really Mm-hmm. and uh not a whole lot else that that is really of note uh flipper in 1995 <laughs> but yeah because it is worth talking about though because that's a uh also flawed <laughs> but interesting piece of work there um Tim Curry's great. I don't know about anything else. Yeah, I mean, it aged bad. For sure. I still haven't seen the remake of it. That's something I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, it's it's probably just okay, but, you know. Yeah, probably. I was a fan of the book. Uh, even though it's a thousand pages of Stephen King, and that's a lot of Stephen King, man. It's a lot of Stephen King, man. Did a lot of coke. And then he wrote it. Yeah, that's that explains a lot about it. Especially the stuff that's uh, not in the movie and shouldn't be in the movie and shouldn't have been in the book and it's bad. Like the giant child orgy? Yeah! Oh, I wasn't going to say it. Oh, no! I'm going to jail. Well, we're at least going to get fired from Disney. <gasps> Damn it. Oh, uh, man. Now i got to throw myself in the pit. Uh, I just got this job at Disney. I was hired to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because <laughs> literally, no. <laughs> Damn. Nobody else will do it. Oh, somebody will do it. They'll get... Uh, a young hotshot director known as Brett Ratner. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. <laughs> oh, he's gonna subvert your expectations, and it's it's not even it doesn't even take place in space. Ready, uh, ready for me to subvert everybody's expectations? Go for it. 